0: Hey everybody, welcome back to This Is Gonna Hurt, a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm your DM, Owen, and for the past 5 episodes, you have been getting an insight into the people who play this game, the four players, and then last time was myself. So, this time, we're going to give you an insight into the world of Atrune and in- an insight into the world that these characters are adventuring in right now. This is our last of the special episodes, which means it is the end of the break between seasons. So in two weeks, it will be our season two premiere that is July 9th. We're really, really excited about that. So this background episode is going to take place in two parts. The first thing I'm going to do is go over a, a history of a trune. Now, I don't mean the actual country itself, as you're going to learn. It, it wasn't always named a Troon, but, but a history of the landmass. So when sentient beings first arrive on this landmass all the way up to present day. The second thing I'm going to do is give a whole bunch of just extra details, extra flavor of just facts that I know about a troon that will probably never, ever, ever show up in the actual storyline. Once I started thinking and, you know, ironing out all these details, uh, I couldn't really stop. And so I'm really happy to get a chance to use the information that I've come up with. So without further ado, a history of a In every good fantasy story, there are ages Right. You've got, you know, the second age and the third age and in all the, these big time periods, which, you know, begin and end with some significant event. And that is the case for this universe as well. The characters are currently in the sixth age. And so when I when I sat down to come up with all this stuff, I, had, I saw in my notes that I I'd said, yeah, it's the it's the sixth age. And they're in the year 999 of the sixth age. And so I said, wow, I made a lot of work for myself saying that it's the sixth age. And I thought, well, you know what? I never said it in the podcast. So I could just I could just be like, hey, you know, what? I changed my mind. It's a third age. But when I really sat down to figure out the history of a I said, you know what? Personal challenge. I need to come up with six ages now worth of material for the for the landmass that becomes a so Etrune is a peninsula and it's part of this overall continent that is not really pronounced Florip, but it is that is how it's spelled and it has it has a much more fantasy-esque uh, twist to it um, twang to the name something like uh, the natives the natives all say it differently but you know some some Groups say Floropa, some some groups say Floropi, all these different names. But that is sort of how it's spelled. And that is the that is the the continent that Atrun is part of. Now, when this peninsula had nobody on it, that's what we would call the zero age, the zeroth age. There's nobody there, just the animals, just the plants and the gods. Now, the gods, the the indigenous gods of the land were known as the ancient ones. And they were just various nature deities. The first group that showed up in Etrun, let's see, I'm going to give you two seconds. Can you guess it? If you shouted the elves, you were right. Because in every good fantasy story, I feel like the elves always show up first. So that is true for us as well. The elves show up in this this landmass and they begin to colonize the woods and they begin to build cities. Now, 400 years later, so that's 400 years of, of uninterrupted peace that these elven nations have in this landmass that will soon become Atroon. 400 years later come the dwarves and the dwarves settle the mountains, of course. And then only 100 years later, gnomes arrive following the dwarves and they kind of take over the, the hill country surrounding the, gnomes, uh, surrounding the dwarves and they work together with those dwarves to kind of create their own civilizations, their own twists, but they, they do work together like allies. So for the most part, they keep to themselves occasionally over the ready for this. It's a lot of years over the 4,292 years of the first age. They do get into the occasional skirmishes with each other. The elves, the dwarves, the gnomes, uh, they, they fight over, you know, sections of land and things like that. And over those many, many years Notice I haven't said anything about humans yet. I just want to point out how good a place can be when there are no humans involved. Over those 4000 years, the longest age by far, they begin to get to know these ancient ones, these nature deities, and they, they have their own particular type of worship. Now, like I said, every age begins and ends with some, some thing that kind of marks it as important. So the first age began when the elves arrive. The first age ends and thus the second age begins when humans arrive in the landmass that will someday become a true. Humans arrived in crewed ships, not large multi-person ships, but small vessels. They probably showed up by accident. They came probably... Again, this is a history so far gone that that no human history book would even have this, and you'll see a little bit why in in a, in a bit that the uh, the histories have become muddied a little bit. This is the truth, though. You know the truth. The players may never know the truth. This is the truth. The, the humans came from the west, kind of the northwest. There is a sea right above Etruna, a very, very large sea. That's probably where the humans showed up from. Now, the humans came, and... And as humans tend to do, they looked around, they saw how amazing the world around them was, and then they proceeded to wreck it. They began to build cities, they had technology, even though they weren't super good at magic, they had technology that helps them to rival the gnomes and the dwarves and the elves, and they grew fast. So the humans brought with them their gods, who are known as the Holy Six. Now these six I have mentioned before in the podcast but I will mention them very, very quickly. I'll mention them again. There is Bellingran, god of light, music, and healing. Dunraz, god of thunder, storms, and strength. There's Asetsis, goddess of magic, life, and death, knowledge, fertility, and motherhood. There's Elcavara, god of knowledge, success, wisdom, and wealth. There's Meliana, goddess of nature, both the wild and the tamed, animals and the harvest, and there's Turkona, goddess of trickery. So those are the holy six. These are the gods that humans brought with them when they arrived at Atrune. And what happened when the humans arrived, right? So the humans have their holy six, the dwarves, the elves, and the gnomes, they had their ancient ones, and even though you would think that the gnomes would have their own gnomish deities and the elves would have their own, it didn't really go that way. The elves, dwarves, and gnomes of Atrune, they actually worshiped the same ancient ones. These are nature deities that actually walked among them. And so they all believed that they exist. And so they all worshiped the same pantheon of deities. And what happened was when the humans got there with their holy six, there were a whole bunch of elves, dwarves and gnomes who came and they saw these humans and they saw these gods that they worshiped And they said, Oh, there are other gods that are different, maybe even more powerful. I want to worship them. And so some of the elves, the dwarves and the gnomes, they actually began to follow the Holy six and they would actually move into human cities and they would, they would join human life and they'd bring with them their own traditions, but they began to follow the Holy six. And the opposite also happens when the humans arrived, There were people who renounced their faith in the Holy Six and they actually went and they began to worship the ancient ones. And they went and they lived with the elves or the dwarves or the gnomes and they followed their gods. And so we had this, this intermixing of cultures, but with two totally different pantheons of gods. And eventually there, there became this, this holy war between these two groups of people. Again, it wasn't racial, it was religious Both sides had humans, elves, dwarves, and gnomes, but they just followed these two different pantheons of gods. And so there was this holy war and the people began to fight and the gods began to fight. The holy six and the ancient ones did actual battle with each other. After this gods war, which is the end of the second age, the second age lasted 730 years. That's how long humans existed before they messed everything up. This gods war basically led to almost an, a total annihilation of living things on this peninsula. When the dust cleared, almost the entire group of people that followed the ancient ones had been eradicated. If there was people left, it was less than a percent of the total people. These people who had to go into hiding with their beliefs because you know they didn't they didn't know if, if people found out that they still lived, they wouldn't know what to do. And even the winning side the, the, the followers, these, three, these four races that followed the Holy Six, even on their side, 90% of their people were wiped out in this battle. Etrun itself became scarred. Mountains were raised, valleys were dropped, rivers were carved into the countryside. So here we have 10% of the people left. This is still a scattering of humans, elves, dwarves, and gnomes. If there were still people alive who worshiped the ancient ones, they went into hiding, went into secrecy. Most of the structures from the first and second age, most of the cities that had been built were destroyed. There were very few ruins left from those ages. There are at least four though, four places that in this time of peace, these worship of the ancient ones, when the humans, elves, dwarves, and gnomes kind of all had come together, those people, followers of the ancient ones, had erected these pillars, these places where the elemental planes could coexist in the material world, which the characters have already been to one of those, the tower of the wind. Um, They called it other things too that. The tower of air, all sorts of names they had for it is one of maybe a dozen locations that survived the God's war. All other structures in a are at least third age. And so we go to the third age. Second age lasted 730 years. The God's war destroys most of the world. And we have the the third age, which is when this 10% of people had to repopulate a troon. And it took thousands of years. This age lasted 2,100 years. And these people spread around a troon, And instead of creating, you know, large countries and civilizations they created small city states and there were 10 or so large city states that spread across at now as technology began to come back because the technology and magic had always been good, but, they, but many things were lost. Ancient magics were lost. Ancient technologies were lost in the God's War. As technology began to grow over those 2,000 years, ships became bigger, trade increased between these 10 small city-states, and this dream of unification began. It wasn't so much a rebellion, but it was, it was this political thing where all these countries, they decided to band together. There was this threat of a neighboring nation, which began to grow next to them called Quar. And so these 10 states with, with better technology and better travel, they united against a common enemy, against Quar. Quar was trying to invade. They managed to push them back and maintain their borders. And then once peace happened, they realized that the nation wasn't really stable because it was, it was a wartime nation. It was a wartime alliance of these 10 city-states. And so after they, they unified, they fought against this uh this invading force and after only 241 years these this nation of itrun broke down into three large nations which i will get to in just a second i want to throw down a challenge to you the listener if you've made it thus far you're one of those people who really loves background information and so i want to ask you this the third age this unstable nation lasted for 241 years I want you, the listener, to contact me and tell me what is the significance of that number two hundred and forty one years. if you can tell me the significance of that number, now, I have my own Twitter, my own Instagram. I'll confess I don't use them too much, but they still exist. Uh, it's gonna hurt dm that's my Twitter handle, my Instagram handle you You can follow me if you want I, again, I'm not super active, but you can. I also have an email, which is this is gonna hurt DM at gmail.com. That's my my current email. You can send that there also. If you can tell me the significance of 241 years, why I picked that in those those years, I will be in contact with you and I will let you plan an encounter that the adventurers will face. That's the monsters, that's you know, the this the, the, the stuff around them, the terrain, all that. I will let you plan an encounter if you can figure out. This is a super challenging trivia question, but I believe in you. And so the Fifth Age. Whoa, we're really getting there. The Fifth Age began with the formation of three nations, and these were their names. There was the Maradon Kingdom, the Kingdom of the Plain, and the Kingdom of Velornia. These are the three kingdoms that existed, and as you might gather, they, they eventually formed together to become Etrune. and those are the names of the three provinces of Etrun. They The provinces are named after the kingdoms that used to exist. And so, we have these three nations, and things were good. They weren't so big that it was unstable like before, they weren't so small that they weren't Protected from an invasion of Quar, Quar saw that wow, you know these there are these three nations, they're all pretty strong. I'm not going to invade, and so so things were really good. And this time, the fifth age, the age of three nations, lasted almost 2,000 years, 1,987 years. Some of these years are arbitrary, some of them are not. And this was ended. This this time of peace was ended when Etrun became unified. There was a a character, or there, was a, there was a human named the monarch. A human not born in a troon, He came from across the sea, or so they say. And he made three friends, one from each of the three nations. He met an elf in Velornia. He met a dwarf in Maradon, and he met a gnome in the plain. And those three friends. And he unified the nation. Some of that was political. Some of it was heroism. They defeated enemies and proves that they could lead a nation. And some of it, some of it involved a fair bit of rebellion. And so that is when the sixth age began. Unification of Etrune. This human, the monarch, takes up the throne, wears the crown. And for 200 years, he reigns. He was 35 years old when he took the throne for 200 years. He reigns. Yeah, he's old or he was old. I should say if you are wondering why there are many episodes of this is going to hurt. You can listen to and at least one of them explains why he was so stinking magical. So go check that out. After 200 years of his reign, his three friends betrayed him on the highest peak of the tallest mountain which in a is called the God's peak. He was betrayed by his three friends. And while his mortal body fell to earth, this empty husk, they say, and this is where we blur the lines between truth and myth. If you've listened to the podcast, you'll understand why they say that the Holy six, they, they, they grasped his soul and they granted him deityhood to join their ranks as a God of war. He became part of the Holy Seven, which is also known as the Septumvirate. And then, roughly 799 years later, so this is the, we're still in the sixth age, but this is basically almost 999 years since the formation of Etru and the unification. That is when four adventurers. Windar, the Dragonborn, Corath the Goliath, Brimbley, the Forest Gnome, and Lorthamar, the High Elf, show up on a boat and land in Etroon. And that is the history of Etroon. There are other details that you may never know, and that's okay. I'm sure there will be another opportunity for me to share more details and things like that with you about the history now like I said the second part of this is going to be just random factoids about Etroon so right before we started I even came up with I came up with the months of the year I came up with the days of the week some things about the hours I already mentioned the gods and so I just want to mention a little bit, a few, a few facts about all these things. I'm just going to go through these. Again, I need my cheat sheets to remember them. My players will never remember them. You will probably never remember them. But just so they are out there, it is in the archives of true facts about Etrune. I'm going to go through some of these things. So the names of the months, don't laugh at me. I, you're going to notice a trend when I start to go through them. These are them. So there is genres. Has thirty-one days. febris which has either twenty-eight days or twenty-nine days, depending on the year. There's mahram, thirty-one days. All ripe has thirty days. Matandre has thirty-one days. I almost had twenty-one days. That would have thrown you for a loop, right? There's jute, thirty days. There's jewel, which has thirty-one. Jewel is J O O L. There's agate, like the rock, thirty-one days. There's septane, octin, novun, and decine, which are the last four. And I'm willing to bet that you can figure out how many days are in each of those. All right, all right. I'll tell you. Septane has thirty days. Octin has thirty one. Novun has thirty, and decine has thirty one. So those are the months of the year. It doesn't pop up too much, but I'm hoping that, that as season two goes, I'm I'm really trying to get a little bit. A little bit more detailed. I want to go over settings a little bit more and really paint a more vivid picture of this world that the adventurers are in. And so I'm, I'm hoping things like this show up. So and then there's the days of the week. I'm going to start with the second day of the week just because it's funny and you'll see why. So the days of the week, I'm going to start at the second day of the week. You're going to see why in a little bit. The days of the week are named after the seven gods of the Septumvirate. So starting at the second day of the week, there is Day, Bell day, Dunday, Ace day, Meli day, and then the last, well, the the first day of the week, is of course Monday. I think everybody laughed. I think everybody laughed, right? Everybody laughed. You in your car, you at home, your headphones on, laughing, right? Monday named after the monarch, Monday. And so then the hours of the day are calculated with bells. So if you lived in a city. They'd ring bells every hour to signify um, how much time has passed. If you lived in like a town or a farm, there probably wouldn't be bells, and you'd you'd go based on the sun and things like that. But but in the cities, at least, there's a certain number of bells for each hour. And it's not like our system where we go one to twelve and then we go one to twelve again. It's just one to twenty-four. Technically, zero to twenty-three, because what we would call midnight, which is the start of the new day would be no bell and then one o'clock AM um, would be one bell. Two o'clock AM would be two bells. Three o'clock would be three bells, which might seem strange upon first listen, because then there's, there's not a bell marking the new day, but I think that in cities, they kind of, they wouldn't ring bells during the night anyway, depending on the city, you know, they'd cut at you know, 10 or 11 o'clock hour time. And they'd probably start ringing bells again, like, you know, 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. or something like that when people are, are getting up to go to businesses and whatever it is they do for a living. So that is the system by which uh, you'd, you'd know time in the city. Again, in, in like a town or a village or something, you would go just by the sun. So like when the sun comes up, you'd call that dawn. When the sun goes down, you call that dusk. Sun is kind of the middle point in the sky. Noon as rough estimates. And whatnot. So yeah, that is how we would do hours in etrune. Last thing I want to do is quickly just go over some currency and then I want to give you three little traditions of etrune. So currency. This is the, the standard array in Dungeons & Dragons campaigns. They, they use kind of like a metric system where 10 coins of this equals one coin of that. Makes things... Pretty easy to keep track of. And so I didn't want to change that. I want it to be nice and easy, but I've given uh, names to each of the coins, each of the denominations, just to give it a little bit of flavor. There's 10 copper pennies to one silver crescent. 10 silver crescents to one golden monarch. And 10 golden monarchs to one platinum tune. Tune has two U's in it, which is strange. Copper penny is a penny-sized coin that has a square cut into it. In olden times, you might run a string through that and, and have a, you know, a string of pennies. A silver crescent is about the diameter of a quarter made of silver, but it's half of one quarter. It's, it's literally cut down the diameter, so it's a crescent-shaped coin. A golden monarch is about the size of a Sacagawea coin, and it's made of gold. On the one side of the coin is a king's face. On the other side is the coat of arms of the royal family, which I will probably draw out and color and post to Instagram a few of the coat of arms of a few of the, the, the really ancient noble families of Atroon. And so that's there. I'll throw that up on Instagram at probably both at going DM and maybe on uh, going D&D, which is just the podcast's Instagram. That's currency. Last thing I'm going to do, and then I'm going to bid everyone a fond farewell, is a few traditions. On the first of genres... So it's the first day of the year, New Year's. It's the Feast of the Monarch. It's to remember the monarch's unification of Atroon. It's the 14th of Allripe, which is the day of the gift. It's remembering the birth of the monarch. He's apparently born on the 14th of Allripe. He's considered humanity's greatest gift. And then there's the 21st of Octon, which is Ascendance Day. It's to remember the passing of the monarch. That's the day he was betrayed by his three friends and when he became a deity. So those are the three major holidays in Etrune Everybody in Etrune celebrates these three holidays. All the gods have holidays to them too. The, the monarch has other ones, but these are the three really big ones. So New Year's, his birth and his death. These are the three big holidays of Etrune. All right. That is what I've got for this episode. So I think that's where I'm going to leave off. I mean, there's, there's more I could say, but I'm sure there will be other opportunities, maybe in another season break or so of more opportunities to give more detail. I do have, I do have maps. I, I so I made the map of a and then I made a few other maps to kind of go with it where I, I kind of colored out the, the climates, kind of the sections of the map as it, uh, the different climates, the type of resources you would find more plentiful or less plentiful in different areas. And so those things will go up on Instagram and we will also have a website. That is going to launch July 9th. That is the premiere of season two. And so also we'll maybe throw some of those maps up on the website for you to peruse at your leisure. Last thing I want to do before I let you go. Listen, guys, it's been real. Before I let you go, I just want to say thank you. If you have been listening Since the beginning, I'm going to give you two thank yous, but just to everybody who's been listening, if you are subscribed to us on iTunes or Podbean or wherever your your podcasts come from, I really want to thank you. We are just five guys who are in our 20s, and we really enjoyed playing D&D, and we had some podcasting equipment. We had Steve had recording equipment, and so he said, hey, if we're going to move up to 5E and... I, Owen, had been kind of dying to, to DM a long story. We said, hey, why don't we just record this and see what happens? And we, we really, truly did not and do not have these aspirations of nerdy fantasy fame or, you know, making, you know, money off of this podcast. That's not why we're doing it. We're really just doing it because we have the equipment and we enjoy listening to ourselves because it helps to remember what happened in our campaign. And so I just want to say thank you. If you've enjoyed listening to us play Dungeons and Dragons, I just, I can't believe that. That's awesome. And, and I said from the beginning that if even just 10 people wanted to listen to this thing, I'd be down to keep making it. And we've got more than that. And so, and, but with that, thank you. I do want to ask something. If you do listen, but you're not actually subscribed to us I would ask that you subscribe. There are some podcasts that I listen to, and I'm like, yeah, 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 I'll subscribe. And then I and then I forget. And and what you don't realize when you're when you're listening, so this myself included, with the podcasts I listen to, when you subscribe to that podcast, that's part of this algorithm that iTunes and Podbean or whatever use and how they they recommend the podcast to other people. And so it's the easiest way to share a podcast with people. I don't know about you, but I've been like, hey, friend, you should listen to this podcast. And so sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I knew somebody who listened to this podcast. Well, you can make that happen. If you subscribe to us, if you leave us five star reviews on iTunes, then it makes it easier for those websites or it allows those websites to share with more people and they then they're the the community of people that listen to this podcast it grows, and again it's not for it's not for these these dreams of nerdy fame. It's just that we love hearing from you in the same way that I, the DM, I love it when the players go in random directions. It can be frustrating at times, but I love it because they are. I have this framework of a story that I want, but they are such good storytellers, and they lead the story in such a great direction. And having people that listen to the podcast who comment in and ask questions about our lives and ask questions about our characters, you, the listeners make our podcast better. And so that is the only reason why I would say, yeah, I want as many people as possible. Listening to this podcast is because you really do make it better. And so if you follow us, thank you. If you leave us a review, I I just read a new one, a new one came out just the other day and I read it and I was like, whoa. And so thank you for that as well. The next time I see you, it'll be season two. So, so as I'm signing off, I'll say this. If you want up to date news on anything going on in the lives of the, this is going to hurt cast and the things that we're up to. We've got tons of social media. There's going to hurt D and D that is the Twitter handle and the Instagram. That is the handle for, for Twitter and Instagram for the podcast as a whole. Um, I've got one going to hurt DM, which is podcast specific. The other guys have them too, though. They've got Twitters and Instagrams. I bet you can't find them. I bet you can't do it. Uh, I bet you can. You're pretty good. We have emails. There's this is going to hurt info at gmail.com. If you want to send something to me specifically, like I said, I, I like planning the story. I love it when players do. Oh man. Am I ecstatic when if somebody were to write in and say, Hey, you should do this. I will, I will probably do it because I will be so excited that you offered up a suggestion as long as it's not stupid. All right. And so, <laughs> and we're going to have a website. It's going to launch the day season two starts. That's July 9th. Mark your calendars. Or if we were living in a Troon, we would say uh, jewel. That is the the ninth of jewel. And so, yeah, I'm excited for season two. I've got a bunch planned out. I can't wait to see where the players take this story. I can't wait to hear some listeners tune in and give me some some feedback on what and where they should go and what they should do Uh, it's going to be really really great so i will see you july 9th peace